family, I'm back. It's 2024, the start of a new year, and Taking Notes is back. Let me take a moment to thank those who have supported the creation and the continued listening of this podcast. I do it for those who continue to say they pick up nuggets for my weekly sessions. And it's funny because I wasn't planning on taking a week off. I really wanted to get back to it last week, kick off the new year, not take a break. But there were a couple of things that just had me in a a mind state where I wasn't ready to do the podcast that I normally do. I pride myself on doing a podcast dedicated to offering solutions, best practices, and ways that those navigating the educational pipeline can do it in a way that is successful and avoids some of the potholes that exist. And last week, there were a couple things going on that resonated with me as an educator that if I had done a podcast, it would have been more in the vein of your traditional radio show where you give a hot take, maybe you give some background, some context, but ultimately you offer a hot take, but absence of any solution. You're just giving an opinion. And while I do have opinions and there's room on this show for some of that, last week would have largely been about ranting. So in the name of just putting them out there, clearing the decks, letting the steam out, which I also like to do on my podcast, the things that are heavy on my chest, I like to at least acknowledge them. I'm going to do that, but I do it now having had a week to really process and not just speaking off the top of my head and not having the benefit of time to read, time to reflect, analyze, and really put my thoughts together. So here they are, two main ones. The first one comes from the sports world. So I have detailed how I have lived a dual life really all my life as a student athlete. Really, I believe in kind of the truest sense of the term. The student part always came first. The athlete part was a nice compliment. The athlete part didn't take over or foreshadow the student part. And so what that means is when someone like me comes to the end of the calendar year and it's bowl football season, to watch the bowls as they are now and see that between the transfer portal and the types of name image likeness, AKA NIL money that players make, the math that goes into who is playing and who is not playing at those end of the year bowl games, that used to mean a lot more before the current college football playoff structure is totally different. And it totally takes away from some of the enjoyment of some of the bowl games. At this point, I find that outside of the playoff games, the bowl games are kind of useless. Because if you're not in the top four, which will expand to 12 next year, 12 teams will make the playoffs. If you're not in that playoff picture, your bowl game is kind of meaningless. And if you're a top draft pick, you're probably going to sit out the bowl because to play in the bowl is too big of a risk when you're about to make life-changing money. And then given the popularity of the, of the transfer portal, you may not play in the bowl because you're off to your next school, which was the case for the starting quarterback for Ohio State, off to a new school, the backup quarterback at Texas, off to a new school. So I was really kind of frustrated by that because in some of the cases, the bowls were some really good matchups that had everybody had all their players. I would have liked to have seen it. And in some cases, with players not playing, 
the results were tragic, most notably Florida State playing without 20 of their players all across the roster, getting boat raced by a Georgia team that wanted to prove they should have been in the playoff by 60-plus points. So that was the first thing. And the only thing that I can offer in terms of a solution is the idea that the transfer deadline needs to move in some way, shape, or form. I would hope that you can find a way that you can have students not move before the bowl games. Because I don't know at any level of sport where you are allowed to make a move before your season is over. And I hear the argument that it has to do with when semesters start and school starts, and we know that as variable across the nation with schools, but there was a time when there was no playoff, and now we have one. There was a time when there was a 14 playoff, now we have 12. So these things can change. The second thing that really had me taking a minute to think about how I felt and really hit home for me in the academic part of my brain was the treatment of Claudine Gay following her testimony in front of conference, Congress, excuse me, and then now her subsequent resignation as the president of Harvard University. And the biggest issue I have is with the way Harvard handled it. Let me be clear that at the end of the day, if you are the president of the university, your biggest responsibility and role is as a fundraiser. I fully understand and know that once that ability to be a fundraiser comes under question, then the powers of be, in this case, the Harvard Corporation or the Board of Trustees at the University of Pennsylvania, my alma mater, who also ousted Liz McGill, you, you're going to face trouble as the president of a university if your ability to fundraise is called into question. And in each case, whether it is Liz McGill's actions prior to Congress with the Palestinian conference that was on campus, or in the case of Dr. Gay, the plagiarism accusations largely brought on by Larry Ackman and Chris Rufo, going to be hard to be the president. That said, Harvard had an ability, given that they made this decision to make Dr. Gay president, to protect her. And I believe that they did not. Dr. Gay was a tenured, is a, was a tenured professor at Stanford University, who was then hired back to Harvard University. Do you know how much paperwork has to be submitted and reviewed, A, when you get tenure, and then any time you are hired at a university as a tenure professor before you can be hired? It is an exhaustive process. And for me, it appears that this process was not done in a way that would protect Dr. Gay. Because if you examine other instances where plagiarism has arose, arisen, excuse me, and I'm going to bring up, for example, Dr. Mark Tessier-Levine of Stanford, who resigned after facing similar issues of academic integrity. The kind of independent review that was done in Stanford's case does not seem to have happened at Harvard fast enough to where they could have protected Dr. Ye. And whereas you hear little about Dr. Tessie Levine, Dr. Claudine Gay is a name that is trending nationally and probably globally at this point. We're going to continue to remember the ways in which Dr. Gay was chased down, berated, belittled, debased, which ultimately forced her to say, I am out. 
there was a way that Harvard could have done better by her in the first place. So I hope that a lesson is learned. I hope that Dr. Gay continues her work as a leading scholar in political science in the same way that I hope Liz McGill will do the same at Penn. But I do not like the way that the Harvard Corporation went about handling this situation. I'm going to stop there. I'm going to take a break and then get back to my normal session taking notes. Taking Notes with Dr. John Carroll is powered by Bixie Pots, makers of high-quality shea butter that keeps the body moisturized for the whole day. Visit BixiePots.com today. One more thing I wanted to hit on before I get into my notes and switch gears is that in talking about Dr. Claudine Gay and her process at Harvard, it was found by the Harvard board, which is an independent panel tasked with investigating plagiarism, that Dr. Gay had no violations of Harvard's stand of standard excuse me, of research misconduct. One more time, nice and clear. Dr. Gay, no violations of Harvard's standard for research misconduct, but it didn't matter because the outcry and the subsequent fire around her name and the damage to her credibility, again, as president, had been done. So doesn't matter that in the end they had to say, nope, there's really nothing here. Nothing that would not have usually for any other faculty person meant a retraction or a revision of an article and then moving forward. When you're the president, it means the end, but it doesn't matter. So, again, not happy with the way that she was treated. Now I'm going to move on. It's that time of year for independent schools like my own and all schools, if you're thinking about making a move, where you have switched from an admissions time where families are applying to schools and trying to submit material so that the school can learn about who they are. Almost any school in the K-12 range will have some kind of interview, an opportunity for the school can, to get to know a family better, get to know the candidate, the student better, get to know the parents better. All of that usually takes place ahead of the new year. But when the calendar flips, that is when the admissions process starts to switch into marketing themselves, welcoming people to campus so that now those interested families have a better sense of what the school has to offer. And it's a subtle but interesting switch, which is why I take the time to highlight it because so often parents are made to feel as if they are being done a favor. It is the, their privilege to be you know, able to apply to these schools and have access when in fact it is the school who needs families to be there to fill the school. So I don't want families to forget about the agency and the power that they have to make an informed decision and not just be choosing schools based on reputation, word of mouth, hearsay. In these coming couple months before schools start to make their admissions decisions as early as middle of February, I would say, into March. And for colleges, you know, March and April, you know, if you haven't been on that early decision process, take the time to get to campuses because you want to make sure you are not just putting all your eggs in one basket. Whatever events are happening, attend them and attend them within reason for your schedule. Schools are doing a better job 
in the name of equity of access, thanks to DEI offices largely, of making sure that events are not only taking place on campus, but are virtual in our post-COVID world. Not the same, but at least in those situations, you get to hear from key stakeholders on campus, head of school, assistant head of school, head of subdivision, things of that nature, athletics departments. But if you had the opportunity to go to campus, go to campus because now you can walk around, you can see the physical space, you can have a sense of the logistics of going to and from said school. You can learn about transportation. You can learn about lunchrooms and what they offer. You can see what classrooms look like and see what the physical setup of those are and how they are situated on campus and what that might mean for moving around campus. Do students have lockers in that? That's like a lost art these days. And then you had the chance to ask more questions, not just to people who may give you a pat answer that they've been giving for many years. When you go to campus, you have the greatest opportunity to speak to people in the community. Now, again, these are largely people handpicked by admissions offices, but you get to speak to those people and ask the questions and have real conversations adult to adult and sometimes student to student about what a school is like. So again, I can't say it enough. Take advantage of those opportunities. And then once you have been to, you know, the campuses of interest, you can sit down and compare your own notes and begin to think about and make a a ranking hierarchy of which school makes the most sense for you. The final thing I would say on this is if you're a family of color, and you're worried about the diversity in the school, find the ways to connect with people of similar background in the school community that you're looking at some way, somehow. Oftentimes, we know more than a couple degrees separation from the people that we really want to get to and talk to. So I would highly encourage you to figure out in your network how to connect with people so that you can have real conversation. I have made it a practice since my oldest was very little in the name of making sure that he was in a safe school environment, that whenever we were in a, an interview, a school choice situation, I always asked if I could speak to a black family who was already enrolled at the school. And if I got a very hesitant answer from whoever admin I was talking to, then that already told me something. The places where we have been as a family that have been the best for us, the best fits for us are the places where when that question was asked, there was no hesitation to point me in the direction of families that we could talk to and have a better understanding of what that school environment was like for them. So it is not a question to be ashamed to ask because if a school is serious about having you in the community, they want you to know that they are going to be able to do right by your student and your family writ large. Because ultimately the best schools not only have an enriching and excellent classroom environment, but they also have very solid communities around the students, largely powered by parents who share a level of commitment to protect their children and make the school the best place that it can be. So those are my notes as we start the year. Hopefully everyone had, if they had school last week, a good first week back at school. I know public schools out here in LA just returning so hopefully those going back into public schools will have an easy re-entry given that you did not have to go back on either the second or third day of 2024. We'll be right back to talk about who needs to come to the dean's office and give out our first honor roll of the year.
The Dean's Office and the Honor Roll are brought to you by the Honey Body Collection. For quality personal moisturizing products from body wash to beard oil, visit thehoneybodycollection.com today. In the Dean's Office this week, I would love to be in conversation with the officials from the city of Harvey, a suburb of Chicago, Illinois, where this week it was put out via a TikTok account that apartments in a specific unit were being boarded up with people living in them, mostly elderly people. So the two examples they show, one was a 90-year-old woman, one was a 73-year-old man being boarded into their apartments, door handles being removed while still inside with no legal heads up, no warning. This is the type of disregard for humanity that is unconscionable and can't be allowed to go unchallenged and unchecked. On the first honor roll of 2024, we give a big salute to former Capitol Policeman Harry Dunn, who this week announced his campaign to run for Congress in Maryland's third district really inspired by Mr. Dunn because he went from being someone sworn to protect and serve to now leaving a pension on the table to step into a different arena in search of a seat at the table and a larger voice moving into an arena away from what he has done his whole professional life. And I just like that. Instead of continuing to just be someone who you see speak on what happened on January 6th and why it was wrong, he is now doing what he feels needs to be done to take action to make sure that something like January 6th never happens again. So salute to Harry Dunn for taking that brave step out on faith into doing something new. And I must say, speaking of January 6th, an honorary mention to the hotel folks down in Florida who, when they realized a January 6th celebration event was being planned with Marjorie Taylor Greene as the keynote, they decided no, no, you're going to have to do that somewhere else. That's it for me this week. An abbreviated somewhat take notes. Glad I was able to keep the sniffles out of the way. Going to take the rest of the week to get over this round of COVID and hopefully see you back next week. COVID free on taking notes. The views expressed by John Carroll in the preceding podcast are solely that of the author and do not necessarily reflect the views of his employers, companies, or other associated parties. Mm-hmm.